Welcome back to another episode of The Banana Show, where we speak about everything self-improvement and mental health related. I'm your host, Banana, and today we're going to have a special guest, Ben Fredman. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, as I always say. He has been diagnosed with dyslexia from a young age, and he is a primary school teacher from North London, who lives with his dog, Otis, and his wife of two years. So stay tuned. He'll be on shortly. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. I've never spoken about dyslexia on the podcast before, so I'm a bit excited to do this episode because I know it's a bit taboo and I know what it means, but I don't know what it's like to to have someone go through that because it's not very popular here in Jamaica. Also, I know that you guys miss me. I took a week break because my puppy died and I wasn't going to force myself to post. So I decided to come today and this episode will be out Sunday. So yeah, guys, I am happy to be back. I'm so sad about my puppy, but I'm happy to be back. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Remember to like, subscribe, share. And if you're listening from Apple Podcasts, leave a comment, a positive comment, so that, you know, I can get some more viewers and listeners. Without Without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into the interview. Because I feel like I'm rambling now, so yeah. I'll see you guys in the interview. Okay, thank you for coming, Ben. I really do appreciate it for you to come on the episode today. And since we're going to talk about dyslexia, um, a lot of people in my country, which is Jamaica, they probably know what dyslexia is, but not really know what it is at the same time. It's dyspraxia. Dyspraxia. That's how it's pronounced? Yeah, dyspraxia. There's dyslexia and dyspraxia. There's two different things. They're a little bit different. I can explain that if you want. Yeah, you can go ahead and explain. (laughs) Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. It's it's an honor to be here and talk about, yeah, and obviously that's what I want to do. I want to talk about these things because they're not talked about enough. Um, So I have dyspraxia. So dyspraxia is to do with coordination, uh, spatial awareness, I don't have very much of it organization so that's you know physically organizing and even my brain is all very mishmash and it's a bit like that that's how I've sort of grown up so you know there's lots of struggles I've had throughout my life um for instance my handwriting I can't write properly because of the coordination of the pen um you know football was sport playing sport was very hard so for a young age I couldn't catch a ball um my coordination was all over the place knowing drawings there's lots of different things that I've had to grow up and learn ways to help me. Dyslexia is more to do with mixing up with numbers and letters. Oh. And so it's linked in the way that we also don't have, they also don't have good handwriting like dyspraxia. So there's a lot of links, but they're slightly different. Um, oh. slightly di- so yeah, that's. Does it, uh, does it like affect how you like your motion and stuff like that? Like if you're yes. going somewhere, you walk slower than what would be considered normal and stuff like that um so actually is so talking about like i have to i would have to think about things more when i was certainly when i was younger more to think about where i'm walking um for instance i have and i still do bump into things i mean someone oh. when someone wouldn't normally bump into things 
um i have done just because spatially i've just misjudged something um also curb sometimes i even trip up on myself if the curb gets a bit higher and i don't see it i've tripped oh. up before so it does affect me sometimes not so much now and now i'm you know i run and wherever i can I, i'm very, it's very easy for me now but i do when i was younger i did have to think about it a lot more oh so how did you function in that space as a child how did others treat you because of it and how have you experienced going into a space and others not understanding and as such treating you different negatively so, yeah i mean growing up i obviously i was uh, i mean i was told i was diagnosed when i was four years old so very young i don't remember a bit obviously that whole process of it um but what i do remember is being at school and being a little bit different, not being able to draw something or not being able to follow a simple instruction very well because I might have got confused or forgetting my homework. Um, my peers, it's hard to say, like it's very mi mixed. I think a lot of people, for instance, when I was in secondary school, um, because of my writing, my parents actually spoke to school and arranged me to get a laptop. Unfortunately, then I developed a nickname as Laptop Kids because I was the only child in the, in the class that had a laptop. Um, so that did affect me. You know, things are, certain things I got wrong. Um, I, you know, was people made fun of me for it. Um, so, and that's always had a, a real effect. It's affected me today because I just still now think I'm doing something wrong. And I all overthink if I'm doing, am I going to look really bad if I do something? So I think it's it's all down to why, why I've gone through my mental health journeys because of some of those instances when I was younger um, that have affected me today. Um, so I still think back to a lot of those moments of people pointing fun, pointing fun at me because I couldn't kick the ball straight or I didn't catch the ball very well or I brought up my laptop. So all those things have probably had an effect on me today. I understand that. I can only imagine how difficult it's been realizing that you're different and having to control something that you can't control and physically function in an area where nobody is similar to you or have this problem. So they do have a problem understanding. So how did like they pick up the signs to say this is what happened to you? Like what are the signs you could look for in an individual? Um, I don't know what it was that they picked up on to say that I was dyspraxia, but I'm guessing may, probably my coordination probably wasn't um, as, as like a normal child, I suppose. Um, I think my, I had problems with my speech. So that was also highlighted. I had problems with my speech. I had to go to someone to help me with my speech. Even now, you know, I, I'm, I do stutter sometimes, but it's very, very minimal. Um, so I, sometimes I think my brain is thinking so far ahead for me my voice to catch up and that's what normally happens i do I mean, on my podcast i do it all the time i'm just like i get right into it and i'm speaking and i'm asking the question and i've sometimes realized that it's some of it it's, it's just you know oh, murmurs lovely. yeah so i think a lot of i think it was to do with my coordination so maybe i wasn't you know for instance getting dressed was a challenge when i was younger i couldn't do buttons i couldn't do shoelaces i still can't my shoelaces i tie them they'll be undone in two minutes. Like, it's just, everyone knows that about me. Like I can't do it tight. I try my best for my own wedding, actually. I mean, um, I decided not to have laces for that 
particular purpose. <laughs> so I managed to find some really nice, smart slip-on shoes to go nicely with my wedding. So it's I think it's little things like that. I can't I can't remember to be honest what it was that they picked up on. I mean, it's very rare for someone that young to be diagnosed. I think usually yeah. it's you wait until they're like eight or nine. I, you know, being a teacher, I know that you wait. Those sometimes children are slower. So sometimes you wait for those first early years for them to develop, and then when they get to maybe six or seven and they're still not where they should be, then you start questioning, is there something more here? Yeah. So it's quite unique. This woman, this nurse, my nursery teacher, um, picked up on this and said to my mum, I think he could be dyspraxic. And obviously my parents didn't Do know what know this what was. That um, and spoke to a professional. And, you know, we're still learning. I'm, you know, I think going through this, I have learned loads more about myself. That is great. And... You know, that's a lot to take in and a lot to deal with as an individual. I want to, I know that you're a, a teacher. How did you um, achieve being a teacher with all these issues? It's a and very good question. Having a problem focusing on stuff. How did you like manage to become a teacher and move forward in your career? It's been with struggles. Um, certainly with being a teacher, you have to be extremely organized and obviously someone that's struggles of organization it's always been a challenge um i've had loads of support from my family um i've had some colleagues that have been really supportive but training to be a te- tra- the training side of things was yeah it was okay like it's i managed to get through it it was not not particularly anything affected me but it's more the paperwork it was very hard uh-huh. um so you know once i got f- i had a system a very IT literate, which really helps. So in terms of anything I can put on IT, I can organize things on the computer. Um, in terms of actually becoming a teacher, when it actually became a teacher, I, no, I've just learned things that have, as I've done all my life, I've learned things to help me, a, you know, things that I do to make myself extra organized. Maybe these things take me a little bit longer than maybe the average person, but wow. I've just learned to adapt. You know, for me, my, my kids, come first and I always mm-hmm. make sure that they've got everything they need but yes yeah, some things may take me a bit longer I do as a teacher probably work a longer hours than maybe a normal teacher because yeah. I, I do f- <laughs> sorry excuse me it's my dog can I see you yeah come on. <laughs> it's, can you see uh... oh, yeah but he's uh he's now disturbing so can you see- <laughs> sit good boy just stay there um so yeah i've always made sure i'm prepared to the maximum ability you know i'm like i said i'd help my community just two seconds i had to take him out of the room sorry that's okay so sorry about that that's okay yes that's happened a few times in the podcast i've had that (laughs) that's okay yeah that's okay uh, yeah we were talking about how you like managed to be a teacher and you organizing on the computer and stuff yeah so you know lesson plans i'm i'm very i I do think i have that creative mind where i can plan lessons and yeah i've just learned how to organize myself on the computer and i suppose that's come from all the years at, at school where i you know had to type up my what lessons i was doing put them in a folder make sure that folder was in that folder and i've just learned these little tools that really help me yes i do make mistakes and unfortunately that's going to happen sometimes the mistakes that 
can be quite costly you know forgetting forgetting certain things little details and that unfortunately i can't change about myself it's going to happen i always i always i always feel to me to get to this point is something i could never have seen you know i still think i'm very proud of myself to to become a teacher despite all my difficulties and despite all the hurdles yeah your resilience is really good because a lot of us that are able to do certain things we still can't even get through it because we can't focus enough or have resilience to get through it so that is actually very good um what are some tips that you have learned functioning with the sickness that you would share with somebody today that might have it i know that it's rare but someone that might have the issue and they are having problems coming to terms with it much less functioning as a normal individual i think it's trying to find people that are like so you know i we got in touch with the spratia foundation um where i found read some different stories and testimonies of people but it's talking about it. I think well, I've I've always been quite ashamed to talk about it. I still there's still part of me that doesn't let completely go. And when I come to it, it's something I do feel ashamed about. And I can understand someone if someone did have it, you know, this did have it as a disability. I can understand them feeling the same way. And you know, there is lots of in my research, lots of links with dyspraxia and low self esteem because you don't feel you're good enough. And that's how I felt. As a big part of me is I do have low self esteem. Um, I've always felt I'm not good enough. I can never reach certain levels to what p- other people do. Um, but I think it's it's just about informing yourself, also looking at information and just reading, or doing a lot of research and speaking to people, just speaking to people, make it n- normalizing it. Um, yes, you have not a making platform it... now, so bring it to light because this is, it's very rare. So probably a lot of people won't talk about it. Like how everybody know about anxiety and depression and bipolar and PTSD. A lot of people don't know about this. Yeah. Because yeah, they might be familiar with dyslexia. They heard the term one and two times, but they still don't know what it is. Yeah. Dyslexia. This is the thing I I think I've been battling a lot. People do unfortunately mistaken the two. And yes, there are certain, similarities but they are very different disabilities and dyslexia i feel i did go to school with a lot more people with dyslexia i think i can only speak about going to school with two people from dys- that was spratsic whereas there's probably double the amount dyslexia so it can it is something that i'm you know trying to wherever i can talk about it now i've got to a point where i feel like i need to talk about it because i need to normalize it i need to stop being so ashamed about it yeah um and open myself up a bit. I think that's why, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do my podcast was to be able to also give a glimpse of me yes. as well. And share your experience so that others won't feel like they're all alone with the sickness. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a sickness, but it's, but it's just, a, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's disability. a disability. Yeah. How do you support someone that has this disability? It's understanding. I think the biggest thing that I've has helped me is my friends have been understanding. So just just taking that step back. And sometimes if they do something, if someone does something that maybe is not normal or can't do something, try and maybe explain it a different way or just taking that little bit of extra time. I felt with my friends, the good things they've always been good at is being patient with me. So if I can't do something straight away, it's they'll they'll either help me or try and show me a different way I could do something. You know, we're all different learners. You know, we're all visual. Some people are visual learners. Some people are more yeah. hands-on. 
I'm certainly, if someone needs to show me something, if you explain it to me on the boards, I'm going to be quite lost. But if you physically show me with my hands, I get it a lot quicker. Yeah. And that's okay. what it's been. A lot of things when I've, someone t- tells me instructions like abstractly, like just, you know, written down, I get lost. If I see it physically, then it, I find it a lot easier to copy. Like in a chart format or like Word? Well, in terms of, yeah, if someone like, for instance, did a PowerPoint and said, this is how you do a podcast, I probably wouldn't be able to, to engage with it. Whereas I've what I've learned for, for my podcasting is YouTube videos of people physically showing this is what I do. Oh, then you'll understand. Okay, so you're yeah. more a practical person. Yes. So in order to feel supported, you have to physically get into it rather than be saying, okay, from a PowerPoint, yeah. this I mean, is what yeah and even that would will have its own difficulties i get that because some things you have to like say it can't really physically show i guess that's where the problem comes in but you know i'm glad that you're using your platform to talk about this and bring awareness um is there any other questions i didn't ask because i myself i'm not really too familiar so I don't even know some questions to ask about this disabilities. Sure. Um, no, I, 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 I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I think you've covered quite a bit as much. I mean, the only thing I would say is just, I suppose how it, it it's with dyspraxia, it interlinks with lots of, di- of disabilities. So ADHD and there's a lot of, and you know, just let's see, like we said, but there's also, I've, as I've done some reading, um, dyspraxia has a lot of links with anxiety and depression oh, and wow. there there is a high percentage of people that have dyspraxia will end up with mental health problems or will have to speak out to mental health services so you can go ahead you can go ahead yeah you know so a lot, lot it's, it's it's very high statistically that you know what i've gone through I've gone through, you know, people who have gone through something similar. Unfortunately for me, I've, I've gone from, you know, into very dark places because of it, not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy enough. Um, always feeling, you know, that I'm lesser than people. I still feel like now, you know, just little things. Um, I'm, I've, you know, I would never, for instance, volunteer myself to do go on stage or something like that. Or, you know, even with social media, I'm not big on social media. I'm doing more because I'm, doing a podcast (laughs) yeah but it's hard because i'm not very i'm not very confident in myself and i'm scared that i'll do something that someone will laugh at or think ah ben's done that look at that how silly is that that's still that's still come that's still in me that's still there um and that's all stemmed from my teenage years where people unfortunately teenagers i can't blame anyone because teenagers aren't as understanding as it's only when you become adults and a lot of people that i've you know i've seen i went to school with and have become adults is a completely different conversations we have now yeah. um which is um and i'm sure a lot of those people have heard me do my podcast and have realized you know oh, i felt really bad when i did that with ben um you know i go to you know i was bullied and it's had such an effect on me today i understand that i feel like it's because um disabilities tend to have like a stigma towards it and especially what you cannot see physically with a person in a wheelchair you can't really see physically what's wrong with the person so that makes it worse as well and then not having 
not having it normalized also make it worse. And then because people tease you and have negative things to say about you, it cultivates guilt and shame when this isn't your fault. And then you have to deal with that throughout your whole life, which then causes other problems like depression and anxiety, which you have to deal with while dealing with this problem, which won't go away because it's a disability. Yeah, I think what you said right at the start is, is exactly the example we used to use to school is because I felt like I was penalised because I didn't have something physically to show that I had a disability. Like I wasn't in a wheelchair, I didn't have a walking stick. And I know I know it's, it's it may seem quite um, cynical the way I'm saying this, but mm-hmm. I did used to say that you wouldn't get a you wouldn't get someone that has no legs to go and run a run a race. That's true. So why you know certain situations I was being put into that's the example I'd use. You wouldn't, you know, for me writing an essay by pen, that's as bad, you know, that, that yeah. is no, that's, that that's, that's equally, my running race. Yeah. Yeah. That's equally taking a fish out the water and telling them to function online. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. So exactly. I can, I can understand where you're coming from, even though I've never had experience with this, I can understand why you feel the way you feel. And I hope that, right now you're in a better place where feeling that you're not good enough because you are good enough despite everybody is good enough it's just the areas that we are strong in and even as a normal able-bodied person an athlete is good at what he's good at you would never tell a normal person to go run a hundred meter because they probably pass out (laughs) in like the middle of the race because their body isn't trained and used to that so I feel like it's what we are good at, not necessarily what society tells us we should be good at. Yeah, and I think that's something I've learned is that, you know, society tells you to be one way, but sometimes if you're not that one way, that's okay. That's yes. your, not, you know, there is no such thing as normal as people say. I, I really don't think there is because everyone's has their own normal. Yes. Um, and yeah, I am in a much better place, um, hence why I'm talking about it, because I think if I wasn't, I wouldn't be able to talk about it so freely. But there's still parts of me that deep down that affect me day to day. And I still have those moments where something will remind me, Oh, you know, I hate, I, I'll be honest. I hate having dyspraxia. I hate it. I don't, I can't love it. I, I don't, think I, ever, I don't think I ever will. Some people say, Oh, you just got to love you. Love who you, that's who you are, Ben. I was like, yeah, great. But I wish I wasn't that person. That's just the honest it. truth. Um, I get it. But I am in a better place where I feel that I've learned lots of different coping mechanisms and different aids that can help me in certain situations. Like for instance, I said at the start of the show that I couldn't kick a ball. Well, I play football twice a week now. I can kick a ball very well now, but that's been years and years of me just not giving up. And obviously my love of football has obviously helped as mm-hmm. well, but there's still, you know, still, if I was to go in goal, I'm I'm not no good at judging how far I'm in the goal. I'm just no good at that. It's still, that's still part of me. I'm still guessing um because my special awareness but yeah i i I definitely feel that i'm in a much better place to talk about it and yeah the more i do talk about it the more people become aware and i know you have reached this far already so it's only up from here even though you don't like have the having the disability you know you have reached so far and have improved so much so i can only hope that you will improve even more even though it might take like a lot of work more than a normal person but you have made progress throughout the years and even done so enough to become a teacher so that is something to be very proud of 
Yeah, and I do, I do think about that. I do think about that a lot. And I am, like I said, I think being a teacher is one of my greatest achievements because of yeah. all the, the things that, you know, like I said, organisation is a big thing. You have to be all these things that says that I really shouldn't be a teacher. Handwriting, you know, I've worked my way not having to write on the board all the time. I use computer, I type, you know, type on the computer for the kids. My marking is all done by labels, not by done by pen. So I've learned all these things that make me just as good as a teacher as someone that doesn't have dyspraxia I feel okay um I have one more question for you how do you feel that our generation can bring awareness to this disability I think it's just been just talking about it a little bit more and, and actually being more aware of it and patient and you know, when you come across people with it, it's not, it's just asking the questions to understand, not just saying, oh, pretending you understand. Because I think I get that a lot. And, and it's not it's not anyone's fault. It's just I get that a lot that people, oh, I got, I'll say, I got the spot. say, oh, okay. And then they, they'll say something, the next thing that means they completely don't understand. I'd I- rather people say, rather people say, okay, what does that mean? Or give me an example. And it's quite hard to do. I, I appreciate, but it's more asking that extra question. I understand that. But sometimes, too, people are living in their own world. So it's like they can only understand as far as their perspective carries them to. So sometimes sure. they don't prolong the conversation or don't try to be understanding because they won't understand at all, even yeah. if they try to. Yeah, so, and, that's, and that's fair enough for some people. That, but to me, just if to you want respectful. to get to know... Yeah, if you want to get to know me, it's quite an important part of me. Exactly. And, you know, I do appreciate you coming, Ben. And no, thank you so much. You can let the people know what your podcast is about. And I'll put sure. the description in the box for you so that when they want to listen to your podcast and find out more information about this disability, they can go ahead and do so. Sure. So my, my podcast is called Talk to Ben. Um, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, Amazon. I'm on all the major platforms. Um, the idea was basically because I've, you know, I've suffered with my mental health quite a lot over the years. I realized the thing that was helping me the most was just having a conversation like we are today, having a conversation, talking, connecting, and it really helped me. So I started off with my friends. So the first series is pretty much all my, a lot of my close friends, but who have all gone through things in their life, you know, whether that's grief whether that is um, an eating disorder or something like that, they've gone through these life events that could affect their mental health. And we're talking about them and I'm asking questions about them. We're connecting. And that's my, that is the big thing behind my podcast is just talking and connecting with people, especially during this time. It just so happened that, you know, I started podcasting and then COVID hit um, where people, so it it just, it just worked out really well for me because people, it was a lot easier than about you, but it was a lot easier to book guests. Um, So it was just, it just worked out, but it just even more reigned home that importance of talking. You know, there would be people that come off after the episode say, Ben, I'm so glad I had a conversation with you because I feel so good for it. And it is a good release. And I'm sure we're both going to get off after this recording, both feel like we've had a good good yeah. release it's a good conversation <laughs> we've had a good connection and that's what my podcast is all about so if you really want to connect and listen to different life experiences just I've click got the description this... box guys exactly exactly information there thank you so i'm i'm it's also mental health awareness month so what are you doing on your podcast for mental awareness month 
Well, actually, as 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 we speak, I'm planning a special mental health awareness episodes. Um, so yeah. in the UK, in the UK, the the theme is nature. Um, so I'm discussing my guests. I'm getting some of my old guests back and discussing whether what nature has done with them and discussing with them, you know, what they've learned through the pandem- pandemic. So just to connecting, just having different conversations. I think a lot of us have felt that we've got this completely different relationship with nature because of COVID. And what that is and what we can learn from the pandemic. So I'm, I've got a special episode that will come out this coming Friday um, in line with Mental Health Awareness Week um, in Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, so that's what I'm doing. And obviously my podcast is still is in series three at the moment. I've just released another episode uh, today. We talked about, a, you know, a person's come on to talk about preeclampsia, which is a condition I had never heard oh, about. In, I've in never a, in... heard about that. So I'm going to go ahead and listen. To yeah. That. So with, I'm still having those conversations as well. So, you know, it's worked out. My podcast is still going on. So, it, you know, doing all those connecting and talking and we've got to keep talking. Yes. We have to keep talking about it, which is the same thing that I'm doing with my podcast along with addressing other issues that we might have apart from mental health in this generation. But I do thank you for coming and I hope to see you again next time. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Honestly, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. I do appreciate it. No worries. So, So thank you guys for coming and thank you guys for continuing to support the podcast. Remember to like, subscribe and share and listen to other podcasts on the podcasting platform. I will see you in another episode.